This is the Alan and Carly podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast. We are here in Kalgoorlie, Boulder, uh, right by Kmart. And as per tradition of every time we do a podcast intro, I like to get very descriptive. So, to my immediate left is a top Mark's Learning Centre ad, but someone has added like red, I don't know what it is, but it looks like these people on this poster are bleeding from the mouth and nose. Like oh, it. you could have left out that description. No, I get descriptive. Um, okay. Also, uh, we have doors. We're in this little kind of like echo chamber here next to Glory Jeans Coffee. And behind us is Kamart. Oh, you mean Kmart? I think I pronounced it correctly. Carly, Kamart. Okay. It's um, like Target and Target. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know Glory Jeans. I knew there's one in Calgary Boulder. I don't know where there is any other one, to be honest. I've around. been trying to Google it this morning. Yes. So and? there are a lot still in Australia, but then I was trying to find... I, I think there's a bunch in Perth still. Really? Where? But when you look up Kalgoorlie, yep. it doesn't actually like show it on the map. It's yeah. very bizarre. Maybe they're rogue. Do they're their think? own like independent operation. Yeah. Wait, Maybe. Gloria Jeans is spelt with a G? No. <laughs> Either way... I was so excited to see. I have not seen a Gloria Jeans in years. I can't wait to put it in my belly. Uh, Tim Tam Slam was always my order. I think I'll go that today. Woo. Yep. Yeah. Hell keen. Um, let's do Alpha Box for tomorrow. Uh, your letter is V for Victor. Interesting. I'm gonna go with the hardest one, Please. starting with V. Yes. Name an author. Virginia Woolf. Yes, Alan. Oh I my God! I got it. <laughs> did you look over my shoulder? I did not. Um, I see the only author I know. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, what what uh, book of hers have you I was going to say, I don't know a single <laughs> book that they've, they've done. What have they, what have they done? Well, Anyone I know? know? I, I know there's something. Producer Shelby, anything that you know? I think there's a play called Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, but I don't think That's she That's what I was that. thinking. No, I don't think so <laughs> Well, anyway, um, say Virginia Woolf and you'll be laughing. Get yourself $1,000 in the process, hopefully. And that's the only answer we have. I mean, I'm sure there might be other people, but uh, what else? What has she written? Mrs. Dalloway. A room oh, I of think one's own. That's quite a famous one. The to, Waves. To the Lighthouse. A, a room of one's own. Oh, oh, they're all sound like books I can't put down. <laughs> also, her name's spelled Wolf as in W O O L F. Yeah, just Wolf. Wolf. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> leave that there. I'm done with this crowd. All right, enjoy the podcast. <laughs> Hit Breakfast with Alan and Carly, and we saw a video the other day, Carly, that grabbed your attention for sure, of a dolphin being at its peak cheekiness, I think it's safe to say, right? Yeah, this was the first time anything like this has ever been captured on film. It was a dolphin evading a crab trap to get the bait, Yes, which just speaks to how intelligent they are. And the person behind that footage joins us now, Axel Grossman from the Dolphin Discovery Bunbury film team. Good morning, Axel. Good morning, Carly and Alan. Thanks for having us. Amazing footage, uh, first of all, and a world first actually capturing the dolphin doing this act. Yes, it was. And it's actually not just me. It's actually quite, um, it's a small team uh, around myself, Rodney Peterson, who is a local wildlife conservationist, and Megan Diamond, who is uh, another part of our film team here at the Dolphin Center. Yeah, wow. Um, And we basically got the hint from Rodney, who said there is stuff going on with these dolphins out there in the bay and in the estuary. And he was mainly concerned about the health. 
Dolphins should feed for themselves. They should catch fresh fish and not nozzle around crab pots where there is lines where they could get entangled and yeah. potentially eat bad, healthy food. Yeah, well, well we found well, that what like they're the eating. Well, it's like the McDonald's for them, isn't it? Actually, you know what? Without saying anything bad about fast food, um, <laughs> it, it feels a bit like that. It certainly, however, is a behavior that could be maladaptive. And that just means it's so risky that the dolphin can get harmed and potentially really, really annoy crab fishermen. Yeah. And that's the, thing, <laughs> that's the thing that we as a dolphin charity here definitely don't want because there's a really tight-knit community and bond between the public and their dolphins here around Bunbury. And we want to keep it this way in a positive way. And so we were looking for a way out of this, a proof of coexistence that we can actually protect the crabbers and protect the dolphins at the same time. And for that, it was so important to actually film what is happening, who's doing it, how widespread is that behavior, um, how are they doing it, and is there a way of crabbers baiting slightly different without too much effort, and the mm. dolphin then not goes after that bad, unhealthy food. What's the trick then? It's a fairly simple trick. You need just a sturdy mesh that you can get in your local hardware store and, uh, and a strong metal hook, and you put your bait in there, and you attach that to the crab pod. The dolphin scans it with echolocation. The dolphin looks at it. Uh, he might play with it a bit, but he fairly quickly learns that bait is not available for me and it swims off so the way they learned that people crabbing observing them following them and work out that they actually put food right in front of me there so obviously that's for me i'm gonna get that (laughs) and they learned that so we try to (laughs) we try to wean them off that behavior and that can only be done through learning processes and they will then share that information with their calves and their peers and you mentioned that social media posts and what going through the press it was actually great because we had more people from western australia coming forward uh example from the swan river where they say we believe the dolphins doing it here as well so, <laughs> you've, you've, you've caught them axel you've sprung them you're the snitch yes, yes. it's a really it's really cool because it shows that these dolphins just adapt around us it can be managed as long as we look after each other a bit and that's mm. why we came up with this and made it public really and fisheries the minister for fisheries actually picked up in on it as well and it shows it is possible we just need to look after each other absolutely and i'll tell you what carly is a fan of this because she loves watching the show dogs behaving very badly and she feels like <laughs> this is dolphins behaving very badly and she's all for it <laughs> exactly yeah no it's i've been working with dolphins now for 18 years and i knew it's going to be probably quite fascinating to see what comes up from the cameras yeah but I was gobsmacked and we were all, and so were world-renowned researchers like Dr. Simon Allen, who works around the world and has seen a lot, but he said he's never seen anything like this. And it's really fascinating to watch the, the learning, especially how smart they are, but at the same time, obviously being worried that an animal could get entangled or just living oh, yeah. on unhealthy food. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, let's not judge the dolphin on the eating habits. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not throwing stones. Uh, well, if anyone wants more information on everything that is all things dolphins, you can go to the Discovery Centre in Bunbury for yourself. Axel, an absolute pleasure and congratulations on the awesome find. Thank you so much for having us. We appreciate your help and support. Thank you. I want to talk about, and I'm doing it right now at 24 minutes past six for a reason. Okay. I want to talk about my wife. Interesting. I want to complain about her. I'm going to be honest. Okay, now, not the right audience because nine times out of ten I take her side. So, well, I will be Julia in this situation. Okay, so you're definitely... Yeah, okay. Yeah, just don't listen to me then. You'll be perfect. So, here it is, right? My wife has been complaining a lot about 
all sorts of body stomach issues just just general discomfort and she what did you do no no no. i haven't done anything well, she, somehow this is your no, no not yet uh so she was going you know every time i'm eating and everything and i'm getting these stomach pains a while back like maybe like four years ago a professional told her hey look you know the fodmaps when you're eating those you need to eat food that doesn't have a high fodmap so that's your tomatoes your onions that sort of stuff so at the time she cut a lot of it out of her diet and much to my disagreement of the bland food that we were eating, she was feeling a lot better for oh, it. Oh, I'm happy for her. That's exactly. good. So, fast forward to today, and she's like, oh, my stomach's starting to hurt, and it's starting to hurt, and it's starting to hurt. I'm like, okay, um, well, you know, I have seen what you've been eating, and we have noticed the onions, tomatoes, and all that sort of stuff has been coming uh, back whoa, into whoa, it. Whoa, 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 what are you, the, the food police? <laughs> and I'm like, it's maybe, do we need to go back off the FODMAPs? Is that, like, what we need to do? I feel like that's fine thing to say, because a professional has already told her this, right? No. No, 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 no. She goes, no, nah, I don't think that's it. <laughs> no, nah, I don't think that's it. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? Like, obviously it's it. Like, you, last time you did it, you didn't do it, and worked out, all went fine, and I'm just repl- repeating what the professional well, told you. Well, sometimes there's, you know, solutions you want and solutions you don't want. So I feel like you've given her a solution that doesn't really suit... Mm. You know what I mean? Like, she didn't want to hear that. Yeah, That's no, not what no. she wanted. Well, she just wanted your sympathy, and yeah. she didn't really need you to kind of give your not-so-professional opinion. I feel like you're half right, because I don't think she did want to hear it from me, because she went to another professional. Oh, good, uh, I'm way. glad. Yeah, and guess what that professional said? Exactly the same thing that I had repeated from the first professional. To when Julia comes to me and says it like it's a brand-new idea, and says, oh, it's the FODMAPs. I need to get rid of the onions and the tomato. I'm like, oh, Really? 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 <laughs> I hope you didn't do the I told you so dance. No, because it wouldn't matter because she's like as if it's all brand new news to her. She's like, no, it's different. I'm like, no, it's not. It's exactly the thing we talked about. She's like, no, 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 this is a different person. I'm like, it's the same advice. Only now we're down $250 from this appointment. $250? Ah, now I got you on yeah, my side. Yeah, that's the thing. It's out of control. Damn, I'm torn because I'm the same with my husband. He can tell me anything in his professional opinion. And there yep. are certain wheelhouses that he has a lot of knowledge on. But I'll never accept that. This money could have gone towards the Christmas tree budget. Just okay, say you it, are, I, I'm so torn right now. Just say it, just say it, say it, Carly. No, say I it, won't. Say I refuse. It, I refuse. I refuse. No, it, no, 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 no. I am with Julia. You should not have been such a know-it-all. And in fact, that's probably why she has stomach issues, Alan, because you're stressing her out with all these facts. <laughs> it's yeah, probably yeah. a stress stomach ache. Has she looked into that? Well, the professional didn't say that, so I don't know. I just repeat what the professional says. And also, that professional's gone to university at least for four years, Alan. Correct. That's why I'm repeating what the professional said. This isn't my advice. This is their advice. I'm just relaying it. Mm, I don't know, Alan. I don't like your attitude about this. My God. I suck a ham chain to my <laughs> wife. My God. Hit breakfast with Alan and Carly. It's now time for this. Carly's Deep Dive. Alan, today I'm deep diving into the Young Divas. Uh, now, if that doesn't spark a memory for you, they're an Aussie pop girl group. I'll get to that a little later on. Yes, please. Uh, formed in 2016 by Sony BMG. Now, initially for one-off singles and a national tour, and it was actually not to promote them as a group, but to promote them all as solo artists. Interesting. Yeah, interesting way to do it. So just kind of bundling them all together so you get more bang for your buck it's when you buy a like ticket. It's almost like the Spice Girls, but inevitably knowing they're going to split. 
Yes. Yeah. Doing it backwards. Yeah. Uh, so the original lineup was Paulini. Remember her? Now yes. they all come from Australian Idol as well because that was okay. huge back in the day. Yes, it was. Uh, Ricky Lee. Yes. Um, and then we also got Kate D'Argo and Emily Williams. Now they kicked off in 2006 with a cover of Donna Summer's hit. This time I know it's for real. Now they only really did a lot of covers because they weren't a group, so they weren't writing songs together. Yep. Uh, that was all they were kind of uh, meant to be known for. In an interview with the Sydney Morning Herald, uh, Ricky Lee made it really obvious at the time. She said, we want to get across that we're not a group. It's just four (laughs) big personalities and big voices getting on stage, showing what they can do. The idea behind this was showing how all of our vocals could work together. Now, keeping that in mind, uh, following their first single release, they then embarked on Young Divas Live across Australia. Now, originally, this was meant to be just two weeks out from their normal solo careers. Yeah. And then it ended up turning into a whole thing because it ended up going for three months Yeah. because people were just hungry for it. They loved it. They loved it, ate it up. So five months after their single's release, uh, due to their success, they then released Happening All Over Again. Yep, which again was another cover. And again, because that just went absolutely gangbusters, they actually decided to put them together as an original group and try and uh, put an album together. But to put an extra spinner in the works, Ricky Lee was signed to a whole different label for her solo career. Uh, She spoke about this uh, in a podcast about her career. She explained that under the circumstances, she was approached to uh, co-headline a tour with three other singers from Idol. She said, we're all solo singers and you put us on tour for the price of one. And then she started to feel a little bit, I guess, annoyed. She said, it was never pitched to me as, hey, do you want to join a girl group? Because I never would have said yes. She said, my label was okay with it, But every step of the way, it was very clear at the end of the tour that I was out. She said that even though she was still having to produce for her solo uh, stuff for her label, that was the only way they are letting her do it. She said that it was all getting to be a bit too much because she was doing like gigs with the girls at the tennis, the AFL, everything in between for free. When originally as a solo artist, oh, man. she was getting paid good money to do it. Yeah. So that's when she started going, wait a second. And fair. I'm not doing this for free anymore. She said the group was actually a wonderful experience, but it started to get a bit yuck. And because she was singing so much between Young Divas and doing a solo record, she actually ended up losing her voice. Voice and doctors said, you know what? You cannot sing anymore. You have oh. to put a stop to all of this. So then she went to the Young Divas manager and said, hey, I actually have been told, I've got a medical certificate that I can't sing anymore. Apparently the guy went absolutely crazy and threw a sandwich at her. She oh spoke God. about this on a podcast. Um, so then she said she left the group, obviously after getting a sandwich in her face. Rightfully so. Um, and then they imported uh, Jess Malboy, who joined them in 2007. They recorded a second album before breaking up the following year. Uh, Emily Williams in 2019 in an interview called it a turbulent time when Ricky Lee left. She said, was it all roses? No. Yes, there were fights. Yes, there were tears. But let's be honest, it's never going to be all smiles with such large personalities. And, uh, yeah, so they didn't last very long when Jess Malboy joined. So RIP the Young Divas. Maybe we'll see another reiteration of it one day. Absolutely. i tell you what, but some absolute bangers. So why don't you turn me loose? Turn me loose. Turn me loose. Great deep dive. Wait, wait. I gotta do it my way.
Absolute bangers. Absolute bangers. You're in it. Uh, bring them back. Bring them back. I'll join. <laughs> <laughs> Hit breakfast with Alan and Carly and Coldplay this weekend are going to be rocking Optus Stadium for two nights. But who is their support act? Well, they won the competition and they are incredible. Introducing King Ibis. Oh, they're going to be so good. And joining us now is Matt Oakley from Denmark originally, uh, who are going to be opening for Coldplay from King Ibis. Good morning. Morning. How are we? Doing well, man. Congratulations. What a massive gig coming up. Yeah, we're pretty excited about it. Very excited. So tell us what it was like when you got that phone call, I assume from Roger Cook himself, or maybe Chris <laughs> Martin, uh, telling you that you were going to be the opening act. Uh, that would have been lovely, but it wasn't quite like that. We got a phone call from Live Nation, who are representing Coldplay. Excellent. And they put us in touch with some people in Perth from Mellon Events. And we went into their office and they gave us an envelope and uh, we got to read it out. A little promo video for them and it was very exciting. Very nerve-wracking stuff. For- I could imagine. I would have preferred Chris Martin, but hello, guys. You guys have got yourself... <laughs> that, well, that, that's my Chris Martin, by the Matt, way. <laughs> surely you were thinking, if they're calling me into the office, they're not going to say that we didn't get it. We were hopeful, but definitely not certain. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things you don't know until you know. Like, you can't count your chickens before they hatch, but now it's official. You're going to be opening for Coldplay. Like, I mean, there's, you know, thousands of people are going to be there. This is be definitely the biggest gig you guys have ever done. How's everyone feeling in the band? It's still kind of surreal for everyone. It hasn't quite hit, I don't think. I don't think it will until we're sort of there. How's your hair going? Because that's the thing I'd be probably most paranoid about, you know, in your, and also the outfit. Actually, a lot of questions. Uh, how's everything going? <laughs> <laughs> have, you, are you, have you sorted yourself out? Have you got your clothes all laid out on your bed, ready for the gig? Not quite. We were actually having a debate. We had a rehearsal on Monday night and we were uh, all sort of like what's everyone, uh, what's everyone gonna wear <laughs> as if you're so. leaving it this late I'm so sorry I'm so sorry Matt you seem like a nice guy no, not to put the pressure on but Voyager got custom made jackets for Eurovision yeah we're not quite that organised um, <laughs> We'd, we would love to be, but we're just unfortunately not those people. I think it'll probably be Sunday morning and we'll all be like, all right, let's find last some outfits. <laughs> I, I love that. No, I do not love this. You need a better organisation. <laughs> sort out your clear. Oh, my God. I'm getting, I'm getting anxious. Um, Why are you? Now, Matt, have they done the rock star thing? You are playing a stadium next to Coldplay and asked you what you would like on your rider. Uh, yeah, like the stuff behind the scenes, right? Backstage. Honestly, we're just super grateful to be there. So we've been uh, very much. Like, well, you know, just whatever there is kind of around, we're, we're very happy just with whatever. Thank you for having us. You're out of control. <laughs> you guys are absolutely out of control. Hey, can we talk about the band name? Uh, you're going to be getting this question a lot, I'm sure. Uh, but King Ibis, where's that come from? You know, how the Ibis kind of gets a bad rap as a bin chicken and thought we'd try and bust it up a bit, make it a bit more royal, I guess. And, and yeah, King Ibis came from that. That's not a bad way for it to come about. Do you, are you all actually a fan of the Ibis? Because it is an ugly bird, let's be real. <laughs> I think the Ibis is beautiful, but I think rurally, obviously in the cities they get a bit a bit scabbier, but I think rurally they're actually, you know, when they're out in their natural habitat, they're a lot more beautiful than people give them credit for. There's yeah, actually, down in Denmark, I, you've I, got I, the gorgeous Ibises. Yeah, we've got the manky ones yeah. where we are. <laughs> Well, I, was, I was even doing some research. Apparently, you can get some beautiful, like, bright pink ibises. What? and there's, there's a whole lot of interesting information about ibises. Jeez. Now, I have to ask, have you done the research purely because of you knew this question was coming your way? 
Yeah, we had it in uh, in, a, in a press release for our single about <laughs> Do you regret naming your band around Ibises now that you're going to have to be the cold face of Ibises? <laughs> Honestly, you know, we've picked this lane and we're, we're sticking hard in it. So <laughs> you know what? It. It's worked because I'm going to be Googling pink ibises. Oh, I'm just getting flamingos. I, I recommend it. There's some, very, <laughs> there's some very interesting very interesting ibises out there. Well, we can't wait to see you. You're going to be absolutely tearing it up, uh, supporting Coldplay. I hope they let you use some of the stage. I know most of the time when a band supports them, it's all behind a black curtain. You guys aren't allowed to touch anything. Have a little play, mate. Maybe a little bit of pyro or a light. Just grab something while you're out there, you know. Enjoy it. Maybe some fireworks. Yeah, just launch a couple. They don't need them all, Matt. They don't need them all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can't wait to see uh, King Ivan supporting Coldplay at Optus Stadium. Mate, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. That was the Alan and Carly podcast.